This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of this station, its staff, management, or news department. Okay, with all that nonsense out of the way. Hi, Phil! Hey, Kathy. We're talk- be talking to you again. <laughs> yeah, really. I love talking to the people from the zoo and all over the years, all the different people. Phil Ginter is the director of our beloved Ross Park Zoo in Binghamton, the fifth oldest zoo. Is that correct? Because my memory's going. That fifth, is correct. And we are getting zoo. ready. We're ramping up for our 147th season here at the zoo. One of the things that I've heard that a, a little... Uh, Turkey Buzzard told me was that there's a talk again about testing the waters of making our zoo year round. I mean, it's definitely got its challenges, given the topography over there on the south side of Binghamton that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ross decided to <laughs> to, to donate. To, God bless them. Um, but it's, it, the challenges and our northeast climate of making uh, Ross Park Zoo a year round. It, it, was that turkey buzzard lying to me? Because, you know, you can't trust turkey buzzards. It, it, the, the rumors are true. Uh, we've been testing the waters this year by being open on weekends. Uh, and we're kind of exploring what we might be doing come the fall in terms of perhaps moving to being a 365-day operation here at the zoo. It, it seems like that would be an expensive proposition, even if you were not to build a lot of indoor facilities for just maintaining walkways and trails and accessibility so people don't fall down, go boom. Yeah, well, you know, and, and that's part of the thing that we're looking at is because our animals don't go anywhere over the winter. I mean, we're, we're here. And so our main walkways and our paths to our exhibits, all of those get cleared because our staff have to get to those animals. So, you know, it's not that huge of an increase in expense for us to be open year-round. So it's, it's something that we're seriously considering. And one of the things that uh, will be arriving hopefully by the end of June, that will make being open year-round a little bit easier for our visitors, is we have a brand-new 11-passenger, fully enclosed, heated and air-conditioned tram that should be operational in time for Fourth of July this year. That has been talked about for a very long time. So it is a reality. The We've made our deposit on it. We're just wow. waiting for it to be delivered. So... Uh, we're looking to that to be a, a huge help for uh, not just uh, people with mobility issues, but families that are trying to push strollers around. Yeah. So it's going to be a great addition. Uh, and with that, too, the other thing that the tram is going to be doing is helping to connect us with the Discovery Center. So people will be able to hop on the tram and go from the zoo up to the Discovery Center and up to our upper parking lots, again, to kind of make to make visiting the park uh, easier for everybody. Now, is that something that people are going to have to pay a, a, an e-ticket price for? Is that included in admission? How is how's that working? Well, that is going to be provided completely complimentary. Certainly, if people will have an opportunity, if people want to make a donation, but otherwise, it's a, a free service that we're offering to folks when they visit the park. Wow. You know, as, as somebody who's getting older, not that I admit that by any stretch of the imagination, but birthday 
next week. Um, <laughs> you know, the last time I walked walked around the zoo with some friends that uh, had come back home from Seattle, and it was like a return to childhood. It was such a, a fun, fun time. It was not as near as easy as it used to be encountering those hills. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> Can we sit down for a minute? And it's like, oh, gosh, I don't remember it being like this. That's well, going to be amazing. We've, we've, added, we've added some additional benches. So, you know, if people, need, if people are walking and they want to take a break, there's, there's added seating throughout the, the zoo along the path so that people can take that break. Uh, we're working on installing uh, some concrete pads that accommodate both a bench and have space next to them for either a wheelchair or a stroller. So you don't have to worry about uh, something rolling down the hill if you take a break and you're sitting on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bad thing. <laughs> this is exciting. I, I mean, seriously, this has been stuff that has been talked about for decades I mean, there there had even been uh, bantied around for a, a very brief time until it was just totally ruled out as as not plausible. As you know, bucket rides, the cable thing <laughs> up the hill. I mean, you see, I'm old. I can tell you a few stories, but yeah, that was even one of the things that had been that had been bantied about for a while. Uh, you you mentioned before we went on this morning that we've got some new babies or a new baby that uh, is taking up residence over there on Morgan Road on the south side of Binghamton. So uh, this past Thursday, our staff went down to New York City to pick up our latest edition. Uh, so we've been approved to uh, provide housing for a pair of fennec foxes oh, so I some love people them. may have seen our our fennec foxes when they're here we've had fennec foxes for a while but we haven't had a breeding pair um, but the uh, association of zoos and aquariums through the species survival plan program has approved us for a breeding pair of fennec foxes so on thursday uh, our female arrived so she is now uh, here at the zoo, and people can stop by. She's right next to our sand cats currently uh, while we're working on the permanent uh, home for the, the two fennex that will be here. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll have some some baby fennec foxes before too long. They are so cute. Um, and, and then you put them next to the sand cats. I mean, there's going to be like a, a, a cuteness disclaimer in that part of the zoo. Definitely. <laughs> My God. It's like, spread it out a little bit, Phil. My goodness. <laughs> but now, now she's not in quarantine for a certain number of times. She's actually on exhibit. Is there going to be she, quarantine she when the mail comes? Yep, she'll be in quarantine, but we have an extra space that that. So she's, she's quarantined, but people will still be able to see her because she'll be uh, in a space on the. You know, next to the sand cats where she's quarantined, but there's a viewing window, so uh, people will be able to stop by and, and see her. If uh, anybody not this weekend because we're closed because of all this, the trees that have come <laughs> down. But uh, next weekend we plan to be open again, and and she'll be out there for people to to check on. Now, if people uh, happen to see uh, the uh, animated film Zootopia. If they're not familiar with what a fennec fox is, and they don't feel like doing a Google, but if they'd seen that movie, they'll they'll know what a fennec fox is. They're just absolutely the cutest things in the whole world. Um, 
you mentioned the, the uh, with the the storm and everything. Uh, how how bad did the zoo get hit? Was there tree damage? I know I had heard on the emergency communications transmissions that on that Tuesday morning that there had been wires down in the zoo. But as we've been traveling around the area, taking a look at some of the damage in the Spring Forest Cemetery and everything else, we got a lot of old trees in in this county, and especially yeah. over at Ross Park. You guys are quite the forested, lovely location. How bad did you? you guys get hit we had some some large trees come down uh so again we're, we're closed we've been closed this weekend uh, but we've got tree crews lined up uh starting on tuesday to to remove some of the the larger trees that fell um fortunately for us uh, none of our staff and none of our animals were injured yeah uh, we had our generators up and running tuesday morning to keep everybody at the right temperature uh, and keep our uh, kitchen area operational for uh, the animals here. So uh, we appreciate the hard work that NYSEG and their crews did because we were we had power back on uh, Tuesday. I think it was a little bit before five. So we went a little less than twelve hours without power, and wow. now we're now we're just in cleanup mode, trying to get rid of all of the the debris from the trees that have fallen. Ross Park Zoo is, is obviously, we mentioned, the fifth oldest zoo in the nation. Obviously, a lot, a lot, a lot of history, a lot of things that have happened at the zoo. And one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about over the past few years um, was the status with the historic carousel at the zoo. It got moved, which was kind of a, a, a mind-bending thing for those of us that are natives of this area, thinking of the zoo, uh, the, the carousel being, um, you know, the, the access to it being relocated and all that kind of stuff. But how, how has, is the, is it fully restored? Is it operational? Is it going to be operating this season? What's going on with a band organ and all that kind of stuff with the carousel? Yeah, so I believe the city is, will have the carousel operational for this season. Uh, so it's currently still off the lower parking lot. Um, the plan is to relocate it in the park to get it out of kind of where it floods, right? Um, which will be a good thing. Uh, and also create some exciting opportunities for us here at the zoo to reimagine our entrance. And so... Uh, we're working with some folks on kind of reimagining what we could do with the new fr- fo- the new footprint once the carousel's moved. Um, so people will be hearing more about that in the coming months as we kind of engage with the community, get some thoughts about how do we take advantage of this new space. Yeah, there was uh, uh, some redesign ideas and, and some of the SUNY kids had been brought in to help with talking about the entrance, the old stone gates and all that kind of stuff. And very exciting to hear um, something about an imagination forest and something new, or maybe a new kind of attraction for the zoo. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and what is going on with hobbits and fairies and gnomes and dragons, which I always thought lived up there anyway. Because they do. Yes, they do. Now we're just providing them with an appropriate home. <laughs> Great. So yeah, we're 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 thrilled to be able to partner with the folks that that bring Broom County the Fairy Trail every year, uh, and so we're working with them to create an imagination forest right here inside the zoo. Uh, it'll be on our upper path. So as people are making their way up the upper path, there'll be a really neat space that that they can stop and engage with 
all of the magical creatures that inhabit uh, the forest here at Ross Park. And if folks are interested, they can visit our website uh, and either uh, sign up to volunteer uh, to help us by, you know, creating homes for these creatures, uh, making donations. Uh, we really want this to be a, a community event for folks. And that is very interesting, too, because I saw when they sent out the news release about it that they were looking for donations of things like uh, large bowls to make mushroom tops out of and, and things like pieces of pottery and people that have imagination for designs and things like that. So it's really nice getting the community engaged as well. Uh, yeah, and, it's, and the cool thing is, you know, we're really looking at trying to upcycle materials. Right. You know, so, if, you know, if you've got you know, a china set at home that's got some chips in it that you, you know, are thinking about throwing out, you know, donate that and, you know, we'll be able to kind of break it up and turn it into some cool mosaics. And, you know, it's a really neat opportunity, not just to create an exciting space here at the zoo, but really work with the community on upcycling and recycling um, products that they have laying around their home. Before we run out of time, um, we've, the temperatures have been doing all sorts of wild things, and we've had temperatures in the 30s and then temperatures around 80 for this weekend. Uh, let's talk about the summer season at the zoo. Uh, there had been in the past years uh, uh, concerts and presentations at the amphitheater, uh, summer camp programs, and, of course, the past couple years have really kind of put the kibosh on things. What plans do we have? Fingers crossed that we don't get any other nasty pandemics or anything else what kind of plans do we have for the upcoming months for our beautiful yeah, so zoo? We're, we're excited to kind of be in a uh, somewhat post-covid era now um two weekends ago we had no oh, i guess it was last weekend we had our extravaganza event here and had over a thousand visitors come through the zoo to participate in our egg hunt um and so that was kind of our uh, first big uh, preseason event, but we're looking forward to during the month of May. Uh, we'll be partnering with Northern Rivers. So on uh, Mother's Day weekend on May 7th, Northern Rivers is going to be here recruiting for foster parents and we'll have an ice cream truck. Moms will get in free uh, Mother's Day weekend. So we hope to see lots of families bringing their moms out to give them a day here at the zoo. Um, May 22nd, we're going to be bringing back our Senior Appreciation Day. And so people 65 and over will have an opportunity to visit the zoo for free. Uh, come June, we're bringing back our ice cream safari. So folks will get a chance to kind of come visit the zoo uh, after dinner and grab some ice cream and just enjoy a, a nice night here at the zoo. Uh, we've got our uh, partnering with Confluence Running, so May 15th. Kathy, I know you're going to be here for this. We're doing an endurance run through the zoo. <laughs> so for six hours. Six hours? Can, yes. You can do a six-hour endurance run or a two-hour endurance run. But On those we'll hills? Doing, we'll be doing the loop through the zoo and counting, <sighs> keeping track of how many times people can loop the lemur here at the Ross Park Zoo. Oh, oh, oh. So we've got a lot coming up this season. We're excited about being open and just kind of celebrating uh, 
everything we've been through and bringing people together again. And I very much look forward to getting the uh, the future news releases and announcements when the big unveiling of the new tram, because that is going to be something that is going to be so welcome for people. And I think it's going to be a big asset for the zoo. It's going to be great. And, you know, stay tuned because we have a really exciting announcement about a summer festival we're bringing that will kick off in August and run through the middle of October. So we're just... Uh, we got to get the ink on the contract, and then we'll be announcing what we think is going to be a really cool event. It will be the only one of its kind within a 100-mile radius of Binghamton. So uh, it's going to be an exciting summer, and we look forward to seeing people here at the zoo. Way to end it on a big high tease there, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, a, a website in case people aren't familiar with the website for us. Yes, they can visit us at uh, www.rossparkzoo.org, and they can follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at Ross Park Zoo. Thank you so much for being my guest. This has been the Southern Tier Close-Up. program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. When Dad needed help getting around, I became a